Charlene and Bob Steinkamp, the founders of Rejoice Marriage Ministries, are pleased to bring you the following message. To find out more about other materials available from Rejoice Marriage Ministries, or if we can minister to you in any other way, please contact us. You can write Rejoice Marriage Ministries, P.O. Box 10548, Pompano Beach, Florida, 33061. Please visit our website at www.rejoiceministries.org. Our hope is that through Charlene's message, you will receive the encouragement from the Lord, and with His strength and power, your marriage can be all that your Heavenly Father planned it to be. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Pompano Beach, Florida, where it's nice and warm, and not every place is around the world. And we just are thrilled to have everybody in, and uh, we just pray that this teaching tonight is going to encourage you. Call your people and your friends and stand your friends and tell them we have a testimony tonight from a prodigal. And so we're really excited about that. And we want you to have other people get to hear it. If not, they will get it um, on the media, on our website. But anyway, we're thrilled to have everybody here. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to start now, and everybody's going to come a little bit later. That's driving still on traffic. But Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. You know, this, this is it. You know, I, I looked and I go, January 8th, that's a long time away, it seems like. But I am really been talking and we're doing devotionals and I'm talking a lot about Christmas because we've already heard from you about Thanksgiving and we know it is difficult. This is a very hard time of the year and we're very aware of it. We want you to be encouraged we want you to know that we care. We want you to know that we pray daily for you people. And we're wanting to have breakthroughs this year. And uh, back years ago when I went to London and spoke, it said that uh, thousands will be coming home every week. And I said, boy, someday that is going to happen. And we're just praying for breakthroughs for you and for others for the children to have mom and dad for Christmas Eve or Christmas Day together. We're praying that God is going to move. We're going to pray that the Lord is going to touch us and take all that bitterness, that anger, that unforgiveness that we've acquired while all the things have been going on. And I know that some of you may are be stuffing it down and it's not coming out, it's being stuffed. And we want you to seek the Lord and confess your sins as he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And we want to be ready for when they knock on the door, you're gonna open it with agape love, unconditional love and not saying, where have you been? Why did it take you so long? Where, what are you doing? And all of the negative words that we could possibly say. We want to say, welcome. We're thrilled to have you join us. And be ready for however long they want to stay that day or that night or go to church with you. We want you 
to just say, Lord, prepare me, prepare our family for that, however, what you're going to do for us. And, and pray for others. Don't be selfish, pray for others. Because this is the time we want salvation to be touched in churches and pageants and, and cantatas and the plays that your kids are in. And we want mom, dad, grandpa and grandma and neighbors to come to it. And we want you to love them and not have an attitude that you are not ready. You're not ready. When they see the attitude, they go, well, I don't remember why. I remember why I didn't go there. You know, I'm not going there because of the attitude. We want you to radiate the Jesus, the Lord. And so we're just asking that you start seeking the Lord and growing in the Lord and asking the Lord to make you all that you're supposed to be. We're just supposed to be victorious in Jesus Christ right now while we're waiting for our miracle. And December is a month of miracles. And that's what we're studying and that's what we're expecting. So pray for miracles to happen for other people and for yourself. And uh, I've got to go and start with a scripture. And our teaching is going to be about the star of Bethlehem. And, and I'm going to bring it all together at the end. But I hope, and you may not have done what I've done, but I've been reading the story of Jesus being born and all about Joseph and the shepherds and the wise men. And I think of what they did to follow the star to find something that they really didn't know what was happening, except the angels told them. And we want to follow the Lord, do we not? And are we following the Lord? That's my question tonight. Are you as close as you need to be to the Lord? And we are asking you that that will be important. Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7 says, Or to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Think of those names of God. Do you know him that way? Do you know him as the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace? Of the greatness of, the, of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So I'm really excited about what we're going to be learning tonight and uh, refreshing your mind. And maybe you'll get hungry and you'll read it more and dissect it more when you go home and for the Christmas holidays. But we are excited uh, what we're going to do uh, with Christmas. Christmas is a time that I want you, and we're going to talk about it, to celebrate Christmas and you radiate Christmas to everyone you meet. You know what? Say Merry Christmas. They probably won't say it to many others, but you can go to every store you go to 
and say, may you have a blessed Merry Christmas. And you know what? You've started the Holy Spirit to speak into that person that there's a reason why we celebrate Christmas instead of just going and shopping and, and Santa Claus. So let us get the, the focus on Jesus was born. Um, tonight we're going to sing Joy to the World, our, and this turns into two songs, Our God Saves, which I know you know. And then we're going to sing O Little Town of Bethlehem, the glory of Christmas. So let's stand up, let's worship the King of Kings, and we'll just give you the praise and the glory. Yo! 
But in this world of sin 
The story of Christ's love. Y'all have a seat. The story of Christ's love. The Lord loves you, regardless of the circumstances you're going through. The Lord is right there with you. And when you feel abandoned and not loved, you've got to understand that it's the enemy trying to have you feel alone and abandoned and rejected, and, but the Lord is saying, I'm right here, I love you. I created you, and I am right here to be with you and take you through the fiery days and the deep waters, but God is right there with you. And he loves you so much, and he loved all of us so much that his son, his only son, Jesus, to be born and then to die on the cross for our salvation. If we can get this truth tonight, then we can get it for our husbands and for our children, our mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, and cousins that don't know the Lord. And that is so important. We have a job. We have a mission. Before, while your spouse or husband or wife are not home, we need to be praying for the world. And our co-workers, they don't know the Lord. And God has sent you. God has sent you to be right there, to radiate, not to hammer them with the Bible, but to radiate Jesus' love. God's love supersedes everything because he loved us so much that he taught us about standing and praying and fighting for our marriage that we will not give up because we made a marriage, a wedding vow, and we said, till death do us part. And we have to say, I am going to be faithful to my wedding vows. And the Lord wants us all the time to be praying for others and for salvations. And that is what's so important. Okay, well, I just want to tell you, we are blessed tonight. I have, you know, 
it's, it's so funny how we get to know people and how God sends people to us. But Deanne now works for us, and many people have, have talked to Deanne, and she's been with us uh, for a few years. And I want to tell you, I didn't meet Deanne first. I met her daughter first from Texas, and, and she says, oh, you know, my mom lives in Florida, right here. And I said, you're kidding. And she goes, yeah, I'm going to tell her about you so she can, I said, let her be your prayer partner and, and so forth. So anyway, that was for like four or five years ago. And anyway, they came to our church and, and Deanne and she, uh, Kristen wanted to see me. And she found out where I go to church because it's on the website. And she, it's a big church. And she saw me, and this was a long time ago, and her father and her found me. And that's how we started meeting. And we, I get to know some of your family members, as you know. And it was so neat. And then we started talking, and I still hadn't met her mother. And finally, we connected, and she ended up being employed by us. So now she works for us. So it's amazing how what started a long time ago, how God turns and brings things around. And she is a prayer warrior and has uh, worked in ch other churches and ministry. And she was just perfect for us to uh, pray. And uh, we got to know her, and I got to know her, and here we are. And tonight, and I did not know her whole, whole story. So back a few weeks ago, things have been going on, and she shared her whole story and, and uh, started writing so some of you have seen, if you read our devotionals daily, you got to see a newsletter. Not one letter, but two letters. And uh, she shared um, writing. Now, we're blessed. When we have anybody write a devotional, we always call that a blessing from God because it gets to hear from other people. So anyway, you're going to hear now her story of being a prodigal and all what God has done in her life. So I just want to introduce Deanne, who is our employee and a prayer partner at our ministry that talk, works to half days a week and more. And she is a special, special lady and has a, a great family. You're welcome. Good evening. Hello. Let me get my microphone. Hello. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm so happy to see all of you. And uh, I can tell you this, when you really surrender your life to the Lord and say, not my will, but your will be done, and uh, you never know what he's going to do. And as I started writing some devotionals in obedience to the Lord, and then he started dealing with me about things that had happened in my past and that he wanted me to share, and it's like, I don't want to share that, Lord. No, thank you. <laughs> we like to say no thank you to God, right? But it doesn't always work. So we have to surrender. We have to obey. And the ultimate goal is that it helps someone else, that it blesses someone else, that it encourages someone else, that absolutely nothing ever is impossible for God. So my husband and I, uh, our restoration journey started almost 10 years ago. Come February will be 10 years and uh, we divorced. We were apart for a long time, and that was because I was the prodigal. 
So many of you don't know that. We like to point the finger, and we like to blame the other person, and we like to blot that out and forget that we had a part, that we can justify the divorce, that we can justify and excuse our decisions and what we did. But when the Lord really shakes you and wakes you, and he won't do it until you're ready. That's the grace and mercy of our God. Amen? That little by little, he'll never, never give you more than you can handle at the time. So I'm just going to share some highlights of my, of my journey, and uh, hopefully it will, it will help you, okay? Um, we married, had, we bought a house, and we had two children all within the first two and a half years. I worked full-time, he worked two jobs, so the stresses of life, right? And I think that's a lot of times what takes a toll on marriages when we didn't have babysitters, we didn't take time for ourselves, and just the stress and the pressure, and just, it's just, it's hard. It's very hard. It's hard to cope with life, and we didn't have Jesus at the center of our lives. We would go to church on occasion. Um, not, we both kind of knew the Lord, but not in a real close, intimate way. So we didn't know where to turn for our help. We didn't know where our, where our help was coming from. But what I knew is as the years went by is that we were having a lot of problems, and I didn't know how to fix it. And I would ask, let's go to counseling, let's get help. And like most men, right men? Men, men don't want to talk, and, men, and a lot of ladies too, but there was, it wasn't an option for us. There was no counseling, there was no getting help, so we just kind of struggled through. There was a point that my husband left and was gone just short time, a couple days, and then came back. And then we said, okay, we really have to try harder. So we tried harder. And then things were not going well again, so he left again. And that time when he came back, I said, no. He came back wanting to go to counseling, wanting to make it work, wanting to save our marriage, wanting to save our family. And the enemy had come in like a flood and hardened my heart. And to him, that was a very big shock. And uh, later when the Lord woke me up, it was a shock to me too, because I would always say, you're stuck with me for life. No matter what happens, no matter what, I'm never going anywhere. I came out of a divorced home. There was divorce in my family history. Now his parents, you know, all parent, all, every marriage has issues, but his parents stuck it out. His parents stayed together um, to the end until his father went home to be with heaven. So to him, it wasn't really an option for divorce, but because I said no, he, he, he said okay, and he left. But the truth is, the reason I said no and my heart was hardened, because the enemy was working to draw me away. The temptation, right? God said, don't let, let, ever let us say I was anyone tempted as of me. It's the enemy that comes to tempt. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So as there was a person at my job uh, that was showing me attention and showing me respect and admiration and all the things we feel like we're not getting at home with our spouse, I can tell you when, when you're not getting your love tank filled and you're not, you're not getting your needs met, when we think that it has to come from our spouse, then the enemy will tempt you. He'll come in where you have that need. So as we, as we separated... My husband actually went to the other person and asked that person to please bow out. 
because he wanted to save his marriage and save his family. And he asked that person to please bow out and leave. And I know probably some of you have done that. I know my daughter did that with her situation. And uh, so the person spoke to me and said, don't leave him because of me. You know, there's nothing, you know, we're just starting. There's nothing, you know, if I'm not in the picture, you know, what is your decision? And I said, no, even if it wasn't for you, I don't want to be, I don't want to be fighting anymore. I don't want to be arguing anymore. I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want my kids to see us go through this. And I never wanted to put my kids through divorce. Never. I came out of that. And I know the effect that it had on me. So I said, I'm never going to divorce. I don't want my kids to, to go through that and suffer with that. So when, when I did what I did, my husband was like, how could you do this? How could you be so cold? How could you be so hard? How could you just throw our marriage away? How could you forget everything that we've had the last 10 years, 12 years? And I turned it on him. I turned it on him because I was blinded by the enemy. And I blamed him. It's because of what you did or didn't do and that you, you, you killed my love for you. How many have heard that? You killed my love for you. How many of, and, and I said all the things that prodigals say. And I can tell you, all, of I'm telling, all I'm telling you right now, I had blotted out. The Lord really just brought this back to me within the last three months. And it's been very difficult to face. Very difficult to face. And uh, thank you, Lord. So we know that God is always faithful. But I did. I tried to turn. I tried to, to turn it on him. And one time when he dropped the kids off at the, um, the apartment, I just, I did. I turned it all on him. Let me go on to. So the lie, the lie of the affair that I was in, we sold the house, got an apartment with the kids and I, and he went to live with mom for a while. And then I'm looking to this other person that I was having the affair with, and the enemy's lying to you. All of those lies that, oh, this is the one, this is your soulmate, he, this person has everything you always wanted in your spouse that you didn't, get, you didn't have, and you believe the lies because we really are taken captive to be, to be enslaved by him. The blinders are on our mind, and the, the scales are on our eyes, and, and we really are not in our right mind to make the choices that we would have made when we were free. So I was no longer free. I was totally in bondage. I was totally captivated by the enemy. So as, as time went by and things weren't working out with that person, my children, when we separated my children and divorced, my kids were seven and nine. And my kids, of course, didn't want to see mom with somebody else. And my, my husband didn't see anyone for a while. He was broken. And my kids would tell me that. They would say, you know, we go to daddy's and he stays in the room and he doesn't really do much. And my husband was broken. My husband was depressed. And my kids would tell me these things. And guess what? I didn't care. I didn't care. How many of your spouses say, I don't love you anymore. I love you like a brother, like a sister. You're the father or mother of my kids. And uh, I'm never coming home. And it will never work. It's too late. We're just too different. We've grown apart. We've heard all of that. And I said all of that. And I can stand here today forgiven and not be ashamed or feel guilt 
because of Jesus. Amen? Because of Jesus. So three years into that, and things were spiraling down, and my kids, I was hiding my sin from my kids. I didn't want them to know. I was trying to be a good mom and set a good example. So I was hiding things from my kids and him staying over at the house. And um, later in years, my daughter's like, Mom, I'm not stupid. I knew everything that was going on. So we're, we're harming our kids. We, we don't, and we're not even thinking about our kids being harmed because prodigals are selfish. Prodigals are are wanting to plan their own life and have fun. And I felt everything I missed out on because we married very young and we started the family and just the stresses of life. I felt like I missed out. I missed out on the fun. But the fun in the world, the pleasures of the world, we know they're, they're for such a short season. There's times in their seasons. And the, the season of pleasure in this world, it turns bad very quickly. So there was one day I sat on the bed of my apartment and I just said, I don't want to do this thing called life anymore. No more. And thought, how can, I, how can I kill myself? And thank God the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, are you going to leave your kids without a mom? And I just broke. I broke. I said, I love my kids. They're my life. I don't want to hurt my kids, but I can't do this anymore. And I don't know, I don't know what to do. I don't, know, I don't know how to get out of this. And the Lord just told me, just cut it off, cut it off, cut it off with that person. And I had been out of church for a while, you know, with sinners sin and sin separates us from God. So I hadn't been going to church. I turned my back on God. I turned my back on, on my in-laws. And I know, I know people were praying for me. I know people were praying for me. And I know my husband still, I know he loved me, even though he started going to a divorce recovery group and met people there and started dating a woman. And uh, my kids liked her, and they had fun with her and the kids, and that kind of hurt my heart, even though I, I didn't, wasn't, even though I didn't want to be with him, it still bothered me that he was with someone else. So the Lord, I said, God, please help me find a church. So he led me to a church that same week, and went into the church, and I met with the pastor, and I started telling him my, my, my situation and that I really need help. I, I desperately need help. So he started giving me the tools and he gave me the resources and started feeding me books and messages and teachings and so that I could know who I was. And I learned who I was in Christ. I learned that, that shame, that guilt, that condemnation, that Jesus took it all. He took it all on the cross. And the Lord wants to do the same for your prodigals. He wants to just bring them to the foot of the cross and say, I will wash you, I will cleanse you, I will clothe you, I will restore you to me, to your, your spouse, to your family. It's never too late. It's never too far gone. So through that journey, I started praying for my husband, um, and God just started moving in a really, really awesome way. It was truly the love of God that just healed my heart, just knowing that nothing could separate me from the love of God. No matter what I had done, I couldn't put the blame that my husband didn't do, did, did do. You know, we, we, we both were young, we both had, you know, we come out of, we both come out of families that had issues. I think all families have issues. And we can see that history in each bloodline, we can see the challenges in each families. And you're bringing lives together and you're trying to blend and you're trying to make it work. And, and if Jesus is not in the center, if you don't have the word of God, 
I can tell you, I fell in love with the word of God. I got so hungry. I didn't want any person. I didn't want any man. I didn't want, I didn't want to hear anybody. I would listen to the pastor and listen to the teachings, but I would say, God, I don't trust anybody but you. I don't want to be hurt again. And I knew that God would not disappoint me. He would not, he would not harm me. He would not abandon me. So I put all my trust in him and I was so hungry and thirsty and just seeking the word and diving into the Lord and anything I could get involved in. And meanwhile, I'm still not wanting to be with my husband. He's with the other person and I didn't blame him. I didn't fault him. I didn't, I figured he would never, he would never want to be with me again. So there was a time, um, not too long after I started the church that he said to me, you never gave me any photographs. Why don't you divide up all the photographs during our time we were married? So I sat on the, on the floor one day, and I started going through the pictures, and it really, really, really hit me. That's when it hit me that, oh, my God. And I'm believing. We are believing for your prodigals to have the same awakening that I said, oh, my God, what have I done? How could I have done this? How could I, I have just thrown my marriage away and destroyed my family? That's when I realized it was my choice. I couldn't blame my husband. He wanted to reconcile. He wanted to go to counseling. He wanted to make it work. But the enemy had lured me into the lie and deception. And that's what he does. He's a liar. He's an imposter. He's an impersonator. He's a confuser. He's just, that's what he does. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's taken your prodigals captive, your precious children, your spouses. He's taken them captive to do his will. And we must not give up on them. Don't give up on them. Thank God somebody was praying for me. Thank God, thank God somebody didn't give up on me. So at that moment, I just, only God's love held me through that. I wept for hours. That's the Damascus Road experience. I wept for hours and hours and hours. And then I just, I continued to seek the Lord. And uh, I'm going to give you a scripture. This scripture I fell in love with because it, it really, it was where, what I needed at the time, and it's where I was at the time. Philippians 3 verse uh, 7 through 14. It's out of the Amplified because it says it so beautifully. But whatever former things were gains to me, as I thought then, these things, once regarded as advancements in merit, I have come to consider as loss, absolutely worthless, for the sake of Christ and the purpose which he has given my life. But more than that, I count everything as loss compared to the priceless privilege and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and growing more deeply and thoroughly acquainted with him, a joy unequaled. For his sake, I have lost everything and considered it all garbage so that I may gain Christ and be found in him believing and relying on him, not having any righteousness of my own, derived from the obedience to the law and its rituals, which come through faith, but possessing that genuine righteousness, which only comes through faith in Christ Jesus. 
the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, and this so that I may know him, experientially becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him, understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely, and in that same way experience the power of his resurrection, and that I may share the fellowship of his sufferings by being continually conformed inwardly into his likeness, even to death, dying as he did, so that I may attain to the resurrection that will rise, that will raise me from the dead. Not that I have already obtained or have already been made perfect, but I actively press on so that I may take hold of that perfection for which Christ Jesus took hold of me and made me his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet. One thing I do, forgetting, and this is what we must do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. If we can't forgive, if we can't let the Lord heal our hearts and remove the bitterness, the anger, the resentment, that's what, that's what was in my heart when my husband said, can we try? I love you. And I just, I had such bitterness, anger, resentment in my heart toward him, just, just blaming him for everything, not looking at my own faults, not looking at my own self forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of Christ, of, of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. So that's what I encourage you to do. All of you, when I talk to you on the phone and when I pray with you and I talk to people, this was, I can tell you, this was over 20 years ago, but you see it still hurts. It still hurts because you wish you could go back. You wish you could change it. You wish you could redeem the time. But I can tell you that all the years the locust has eaten, God will restore. He will restore because that's who he is. That's our God. That is our faithful God. So don't look back and don't, don't stay there. Don't stay there. I encourage you, forgive. I encourage you to forget and I encourage you only to look forward. God says, I know the plans I have for you. They are for good and not evil, for a hope and a future. He is, every good and perfect gift comes from him. He's the father of lights. There's no darkness in him. There's no shadow. He is good all the time. And, and he doesn't, he will never let us down. He will never reject anyone, any prodigal, any sinner that comes to him. He says he will never reject, he will never deny because Jesus already purchased it. It's already finished. It's already finished. All that sin is already nailed to the cross. And we, we know that Jesus is sitting there at the right hand of the Father forever interceding for us. Another scripture, um, 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So love him. Let him be your first love. He was my first love for many years, my husband for many years. And to, to me, 
And this is why I'm asking you to wait on the Lord. Don't try to push or force or rush anything out of God's time. God knew what he had to do in me. And God knew what he had to do in my husband. And he knew the right time to bring us back together. So as I was fasting and praying one year, because I was alone, and I, I would you know, say, God, I'm lonely, I'm lonely, I want a husband. And he would just, he would kind of give me something to pacify me, give me a scripture and say, oh, I'm protecting you, I'm keeping you and saving you and all this. So I would be like, okay, okay, okay. So there was one year when I said, Lord, if I'm supposed to be single the rest of my life, give me the grace to do that. But if not, I trust you to choose my husband because you know who I need. You knew who I'm supposed to be with. Now, mind you, over 20 years ago, I didn't understand about covenant. I didn't under, I took my vows, I, but I came out of a divorced home and my grandparents divorced and, and we just, there was divorce all over the place. So it, it seemed like the regular thing. You know, we know a lot of churches that even, uh, let me back up for just a minute because, well, let me go ahead, move forward. So as I prayed that and I was fasting that year, uh, I let go. I said, God, have your way. So a few months later, I started having dreams of my husband and I being back together. And I would wake up. We were flirting around, joking around in the dream. And I would wake up and say, God, what are you doing? I don't want to be with him. I don't want to be with him. He's with the other woman. He's with her family. And he would say, just trust me. You said you trusted me to choose. So I said, okay. So I started praying along those lines. Meanwhile, long story short, he ended up removing the other woman from my husband's life. There was a day, a few months later, when the Lord had me call my husband, which I did not want to do. I did not want to be vulnerable. I did not want to be rejected. I didn't want to, you know, have any confrontation. So I just called and told him what was going on in my heart and the dream. And there was silence on the phone. And then he said, do you know what hell you put me through? And I was silent. And I said, there's been a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. And I'm not sure where to go with this, but let's just seek the Lord. He would come to church on and off to the church my kids and I were connected to. And I said, let's just seek the Lord and see what he has for us. So about four or five months later, we started kind of group dating and just, we had been apart for a long time. So we had to, God had to rebuild our foundation. He had to rebuild our friendship. He had to start with the solid foundation and he started rebuilding us from there. And it's been almost a 10 year journey and it wasn't easy. The first four years I was failing miserably. I, I was trying to change him and give him good advice and let's do this. Let's pray. Let's do devotions. Blah, blah, blah. And he would be, no, you're not my boss. You're not my, my God. You're not my mother. <laughs> Us women like to do that. Right. And it's like, I didn't know how, I didn't ha know how to let go and let God. I didn't know how to do that until my daughter found this ministry about six years ago now, and said, Mom, can you please go to the meetings for me? Go to the Bible study for me because I, I'm not there. I need you. Well, I started coming for her. Little did I know I was coming for me because when I connected to Rejoice and I started utilizing all of the tools, the resources, everything that, that, that this ministry has, Charlene and Bob, and wow, Wow, I learned how to do it God's way. I learned God's heart. I learned, I learned how to zip my lips. I learned how to say, God, change me first. 
And then I, then I adopted the, you know, God, you know, purify me, cleanse me, prune and purge my life, circumcise my heart. And I would start saying, God, wherever I need to, you know, chastise me, rebuke me, discipline me, correct me. I learned, you know, just God, me first. You need to change me first. And as I started letting go and not saying things to my husband and just started being that gentle, tender, loving, kind woman that God told me to be, then the Holy Spirit started moving. And little by little by little, it's just gotten better and better and better and better. So praise God. Praise God. He gets all the glory, absolutely all the glory for every single thing that has happened in our lives. And I'm going to um, close in a prayer. Let me just make sure there's nothing important that I um, didn't leave out here. So can you relate? Are you relating to what I'm saying that you've heard a lot of your prodigals say? And I can tell you, they're all lies. That's why I tell you, don't listen to what they say. Don't look at what they do. Don't matter with their behaviors, their choices. Just, just look at them and say, Father, I forgive them for they know not what they do. And just show mercy. What you have freely received from the Lord, freely give to them. Forgiveness, love, peace, grace, mercy. We freely, it's unconditional. God didn't make it conditional for me to come back to him and be healed. So how can I make it conditional when my husband comes back and he's very, you know, not trusting and, and apprehensive and he has every right to be. But I have to show mercy and we have to go through it slowly and lovingly. There's one more scripture I'm going to share, and that is Galatians 6.1. So Galatians 6.1 says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. And I was the one that said, I'll never cheat on you. I'll never leave you. I'll never divorce you. Never. Little did I know that it was me. So never say never, because the enemy, he roars, roams about like a lion, seeking who he may devour. What does the Bible say? That, um, you know, be, be diligent, you know, be, be, be vigilant, because... He's always, he's always roaming about. He's always trying. That's why we must stay protected. That's why we must stay in the flock. But praise the Lord. Um, let me close with you in prayer. And we are just going to say, Lord, it's time. What he did for me, he wants to do for you and all the standards and prodigals around the world. So, Father, we just come before you and we say thank you, God that you are such a forgiving, long-suffering Father, that you never, never give up on us. You never give up on our prodigals, our spouses, our children. You never give up on them, Lord, never. You are forever just wooing and, and putting things in their path, Father God. And as you gave me, gave me dreams and visions, Father, you can use anything. You can use anything, Father God. We just pray that Jesus would be high and lifted up in the lives of our prodigals, that especially now during Christmas time where Christ is, is everywhere and there's music and there's, there's just the whole, it's Christmas, it's Christ. 
Father, we pray that you will just let Christ be high and lifted up and that you will get the attention of all the precious prodigals around the world, Father God. You know your sons and daughters that are praying and standing fervently as oaks of righteousness, Father. They're praying, believing, and, and, and petitioning you, Father God. We know that it's not our battle. The battle belongs to you. And your timing and your ways, they are holy and they are perfect. So Father, help all these precious standers. Help them to rest in you. Help them to rest in your arms, Father, knowing that our part is only to agree with you. Agree with your heart that you want the prodigals to come home. Agree with your heart that you want our marriages and families restored. Father, we know, we know, Lord God, that you want to get all the glory for what you do, Father God. And we know that no matter what our prodigals are connected to, no matter if there's another man, another woman, no matter if there's a, another marriage, another child, Father, whatever it is, even if there's no communication, we know, Father, that you can send forth every resource, every labor into their paths. You know how to reach them, Father. You know how to penetrate their heart as you did me. Father, you know how to get their attention. So, Lord, we ask you to shake them and wake them up, Father. Just as you did me, God, bring them to their senses. Bring them to soberness of mind. Father, that they would be in their right mind, that they would have the truth that will set them free. Thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, that you will just speak loud and clear, Father God, that they will have ears to hear your voice and that they would trust and believe, God, that you will do it, that you can do it. Remove any fear, remove any, any um, false sense of obligation or responsibility where they are now. Just release them, Father. Release them from those situations, the people, places, and things that they're connected to. Release them, Father God. And tell them as you did me and others, go home. Go home, Father God. Give them boldness. Give them courage. Give them your grace, Father God. To, to just to take that path that you're going to show them, Father, the path that leads home to these precious, precious husbands and wives and their families, Lord God. Bring them home for Christmas, Father. Bring them home, God. We're believing for that mass exodus of prodigals to come out of Egypt, out of slavery, and come in to, to, to freedom, come into liberty, Lord God, to come home where they belong, Father. So we believe, Father, as we agree, we say, Father, let it all be done according to your word. We pray your kingdom come and your will be done, Father, that you would have your way, have your way, Father, and get all the glory for what is to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay. We did good. What a testimony. And what you did awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You never know who you're going to meet and who attends this class who's going to be up here sharing in the future. And I have said it to many of you, men and women, that someday you are going to be up here and sharing what God is doing in your heart or you're bringing your spouse with you. But you don't always need your spouse. You need to sometimes do what she has done. And it was great. And I just so much appreciate that. 
because it gives the real perspective of, of what they're going through. And when she's, the Holy Spirit started telling her, that she told me, and I said, they need to hear the other side because the devil is painting a picture to you differently. And we have to understand that. So I'm just praising the Lord that we got to do it. Now we're going to stand up and get a little break. And we're going to sing. We're going to go straight into my teaching tonight. But we're first going to sing a song, Jesus. And there's nothing, what I'm trying to get you to understand tonight, Jesus is the answer. Jesus, who was sent by God to come down and die on the cross for us to have eternal life, for us to have our sins forgiven. And we want all of the people, all your loved ones and all your coworkers and everybody you meet to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that becomes a burden. I pray you have a, a hunger and a thirst for all your loved ones to know the Lord. Now you can't pound, hit, hit them over the head and every time you see them, say, you need to know the Lord, but you need to love them with the love of Jesus. So let's stand up, let's praise the Lord, and then I'm going to start with our teaching. There is a truth older than the ages. There is a promise of things yet to come. There is one born for our salvation Jesus there is a light that overwhelms the darkness there is a kingdom that forever reigns there is freedom from the chains that bind us There is power in your name. 
Like Jesus, do you understand that we need to put him before our jobs, before your position, before your career, before anything, before your wife, before your children? He has to be top. That relationship, God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, he's first. Then your life starts underneath it. And so many of us, and I was number one, was I let my career reverse my husband. My husband would say, would you remember to take off the hat of administrator when you come into the house? I, think, I feel like you're still running the business here, you know? And, and I can tell you, we all can come in and home and other things that we get out of balance. We need to be in balance. So let's open up with prayer. Lord Jesus, oh, you are the answer. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. And you chose to come down and accept the assignment God the Father sent you to come down to be the walking example of living a life from the day you, you were created and born, that seed was planted into Mary's womb. The Holy Spirit was right there. And you came and were born like a child and walked through all the stages of life. And you never sinned. But at 33, you died suddenly, quickly, and God allowed it because you had to die for our sins. Oh, Lord, we thank you we honor you, we praise you, we love you, we worship you. You are the King of Kings. But Lord, I pray that we will deepen our walk with you each and every day, that we won't be satisfied with the five or 10 minute prayer time or the five or 10 minutes reading a devotional, but we will hunger and thirst for you to speak to us, to guide us, to direct us, turn to the right or turn to the left, and may we make time for you, especially when our spouses are gone. We can find time for you when, our, when we go to bed. We don't have a spouse. So we need to make more time for you. Because the more we're with you, the more you, we can get 
our marriage is restored because we're going to radiate Jesus wherever we go. And they're going to say, it's something that's different. Lord, open my mouth to speak only your words tonight. And Lord, open our ears to hear what the Lord has to be saying tonight. He is going to be the teacher. The Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would open our ears, our eyes, our hearts. Take that heart of stone, that heart that is bitter and angry due to all the circumstances. Lord, we are asking you to go up and down these roads and around the world to touch the wounded, hurting spouses, men, women, and children that are going to bed crying and saying, I can't do it. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because the Holy Spirit is right there with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And he will empower you to do it. He will equip you to do it. And Lord, I pray that you will touch these next few weeks. And you are going to have a more special, more anointed time with the Lord than ever before. Because we need Jesus. And we need to walk and talk and teach our children and our grandchildren the truth and be examples for them as we go through the holidays. It's not all about the things and all about toys, but it's about Jesus' birthday. And Lord, may we be an example. May we read a scripture at the, at the, before we open all the gifts. Lord, whatever we need to do, we need to be the example. We need the ones that we maybe didn't do it right when we, the kids grew up. We can do it now as a grandfather or a grandmother. So, Lord, we're just asking that you will just help us be able to celebrate Christmas, even if we have to do it away from the family or away from your wife or husband. You can do it because you're going to radiate the Lord for all the other family friends, your children, grandchildren. We're going to radiate the Lord and say we can radiate and smile and we can get through this because my Lord is my husband or my husband for this season. And we're going to have victory in Jesus because he is right there with us. And he is hurting more because your spouse is rejecting Jesus Christ first before he rejects you. They are the ones that are so deceived, so blinded, and they think that they cannot come home because of the mess they made of their life. And the lies of the devil are gone because we're saying uh, lying spirit, deceiving, seducing, deceiving spirits be gone out of, the, out of my life, out of, out of my family's lives, and out of my husband or wife's life. May they hear and see the truth, and the truth will set them free. There is freedom in Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray that you'll restore hundreds and thousands of marriages through the holidays, starting now. Starting now. Not wait for the holidays, but starting now when they start attending pageants and plays and all the other things. Lord, may they start now. May they start going through memory lane. Lord, you're reminding them right now of all the holidays and Christmases and all of the seasons they've had with their family, they're remembering them. And Lord, we're asking you to bring the memories up more, more louder, more in color, more, more vivid than ever before 
to get them to come to their senses and escape from the trap of the enemy and have their own personal Damascus Road experience. And we will give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All righty, praise the Lord. There's nothing like prayer that's going to bring them home. And I can't, I can't imagine doing devotionals um, for five or ten minutes because my prayers last longer than that, unfortunately. <laughs> As you are the, the, the ones that understand that. We're going to go to Luke 1, and we're going to start there a little bit. But the question I'm asking you tonight, and I hope, I, I don't have my tree up, so don't even think I've got the pageantry housed yet. <clears throat> you've read about him, you've read about her house, you've read about Bob and all of the nativity set that we always put out, and I can tell you that uh, I think three out of, all three kids have their tree up. I'm not sure about Tim, because I forgot to ask him, but we went to Tom's house yesterday because our little Rudy was born on December 7th, so we had our Christmas party, uh, his birthday party yesterday, so that took that weekend away from me getting my tree up, and, uh, and I was busy studying this, and I thought, well, I, this is the weekend to do that, but Lori's got her Christmas tree already up, and Tom has his Christmas tree up, and I said, I'll, I'll be the last, but they go and get the nativity set, and then a bunch of the teenager kids that we have um, and little ones um, put up the nativity set and out in the front. Now, we had the big one that was really big, and then after uh, the, it wore out after so many years, we went to look for a nativity set, and they created them small now. If you could find, I bought one maybe five years ago, I could not find a big nativity set that's very obvious. You could find reindeer or these big, big balloon animals and all the, they're huge. They're huge. Okay, I cannot find a nativity set that is huge. Now, I would like to have one, and uh, so I did not find one, and I thought that is where we have declined with Christianity in, in, the, in our world, is that Jesus is not the primary focus anymore, and, and it hurts me, and it's hurting us to be able to proclaim the truth of Jesus is the reason for the season. Uh, we're oddballs. I went to a doctor just recently, and, um, and I went, and I said, God, you got to tell me if this is what you want me to do and all this stuff. And um, I went, and you know, you, you go, and you think, okay, God, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me. And the man, the first doctor that saw me said, um, I live right in your neighborhood. I said, wow, that's a coincidence, you know. And then the other doctor walks in. He goes, hi, I'm Dr. Gabriel. Da, 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 da. And I said, God, you, and I said this out loud, you know me. <laughs> God, you sent me an angel to treat me today. I am healed in the name of Jesus. Already Dr. Gabriel is here. And I thought, now I'm, I've already been studying this, so I could have taught him some things about his name. But anyway, we talked about his name for a few moments. And I just want you to say, 
Do you pray like I do? I pray for the crazy things. You know, speak to me, Lord, speak to me. And Dr. Gabriel, I told the Lord, he, he reminded me that night as I'm praying. And I said, and I laughed. I laughed out loud in bed. And I said, God, you really did good in speaking to me this today. You outdid yourself when you sent Dr. Gabriel in to see me. And I want you to enjoy your life. I want you to have the joy of the Lord in and out of circumstances. I want you to stop looking at your circumstances. Anybody, I have got a CD that's what you need. Stop looking at your circumstances. Stop listening to what your spouse is saying. I don't care if they're home and they just got home. You gotta give them time and you've gotta pray for God to touch them. There's nothing you can do to change it. It is God's battle, God's responsibility. And we have got to know this so when they come home, if they're not singing hallelujah chorus walking in the door, you're gonna take him in as the prodigal son that was dirty. But he didn't ask him how he got home and what did he do beforehand. He started getting out. The father got out of this robe and all that Judy shared a few months ago. And she has to, we have to take them. And we don't say, you know, you got to get cleaned up before you come in the bedroom. You know, we don't say those things. We say, welcome home. I miss you. I've been missing you. You know, and we've got to love them unconditionally. Do you love your children unconditionally? If they do anything, and when they even get older, you need to love them unconditionally. We're not going to agree to what they're doing. We're not going to agree with the drugs or the alcohol, but we're always going to say, we love you, and we're going to be right here with you, and we want you to know that Jesus loves you. And we want you, there's, you're on the wrong detour road. And our spouses are on the detour road. But forgive them. Forgive them every day. Because Jesus talks about that. I want you to be able to celebrate Christmas, to put up the trees, to put up the wreath on the door, to put up maybe those big uh, balloons that are animals and things, because that's your kid's age, and that's what they want. But, you know, Rudy um, always showed me baby Jesus, you know, and he's, he had, they have the big balloons, and then they have baby Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And, you know, he showed me both. And I want you to know that you can have both. But you need to have them know that we're praying for mommy or daddy to come back home. And Jesus is going to do it. It's not about you manipulating. It's not about you begging. It's about the Holy Spirit speaking to them so loudly that they're going to come home at God's perfect timing. And you know, that is what I want you to understand tonight. I want to go to Luke 1, and I want you to understand. Now, did we get the first message? The first message is, you're going to decorate your house. Right? 
inside, maybe you don't always decorate the outside. What if you found something that's on the sale on that, you know, uh, good fr- uh, not Good Friday, Black Friday, uh, <laughs> Thursday afternoon, what is that, that one? I don't go shopping. I don't go out with those, the, all the running in, you know, I'll just stay home. But I want you to get your house decorated so when your husband or wife walks in, or your children walk in, they know it's Christmas. Imagine if you don't decorate your house and you're, you're bah humbug, okay? We're not going to be bah humbug in Rejoice Marriage Ministries. We are going to pray that they come home on Christmas Eve. Luz and Fabian, you want an example. If you haven't heard Luz and Fabian testimony, God spoke to Luz in her second marriage, on Christmas Eve, when they're opening their Christmas gifts, God spoke to her so loudly as he did to Bob and said, this man will never be your husband. And you will, Fabian is your husband? And he had come home and knocked and asked her to leave that man, just like, just like um, Deanne. And she said no. But he went back where he went, and, but God brought him back down again. But God spoke to her. And that very night, he said, pack up your kids, go to your mother's where your other kids are, and go home. Now, that is what we are praying for. We're not praying for any pastor or your best friend to tell them to come home. Oh, that's great. But we need God to speak to them that they have the fear of God come upon them that they know that they must obey or they have the fear of God come upon them. I'm telling you, God does speak. God does speak to your spouses. And the more you read those testimonies, the more you know. The more you read the testimonies, the more you will know that God is in control of your husband or wife and that God is We've got to pray it to happen, and God will speak to you. God wants you to pray. Have an intimate relationship with him. Now, I'm going to go. Time just seems to fly on when I'm up here. And it always does. And I go, what happened to my 45 minutes, you know? But let's go to Luke 1, and I'm just going to remind you that John the Baptist was sent before Jesus Christ. And there was no John the Baptist because John the Baptist, Zechariah was a priest in the temple. And in the temple, you were only allowed two weeks usually to go into the temple and do the Holy of Holies. And they, in fact, were so concerned that in case you went, when you went into the Holy of Holies and they were not proper or something happened, they had a rope around them with a bell on it so that they would know if something happened. And so this is, goes on, and let me take you to verse 11. So Zechariah was in the temple. It was his time, and, and the Lord burned incense. And when the time of the burning of incense came, the worshipers and all the people were playing, praying outside the temple. And then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, 
And remember, the angel, he's afraid of what, what is this angel going to do? You know, what is going on? So he said, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. And I was told that when I started standing. My first Christmas, when I had a rough Christmas, and, and I saw this when I had started standing, and I wasn't going to be with Bob that Christmas. And it says, do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Well, his prayer has been heard that it was for Zechariah had been praying for a son for so many years. And so he said, and he was also praying for the Messiah to come to, to take them home and, and the, the Messiah. They prayed for that all through the Old Testament. So he is praying, your prayer's been heard. So he didn't know which prayer. He didn't know at that very moment. He could have been both of them. But your prayers have been heard. Your wife Elizabeth, and then he tells them the answer. Your wife, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to give him the name of John. Well, John was the one that was proclaiming that there was a Messiah coming after him, and he was going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is the point. John was, was so important to, for Jesus. He was planned and planted to be the one. He will be a joy. Listen to his description of what John was going to be. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. Now listen to the next verse. To turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the disobedient, we know who some of them are, to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, if you have an angel come visit you tonight, I pray that when you are, you know, do not be afraid and all of this is going on, back at our very first meet, one of our first, first meetings, it was uh, at a church in a big room. And some of our people know that. There was a, a piano, and I was teaching this then, and of several years younger. But I was foolish enough to jump on the piano's uh, stool and said, if God sends you an angel and he says to you, I am going to bring, and you're going to have a son. I am going to restore your marriage. I'm going to bring your wife or husband home or child home. Will you believe the angel? I can't hear you. Okay. Well, when you read the book, the book, the Bible, and God leaps and has this 
scripture come up off the page, or you see a Dr. Gabriel, or you see, and you come in this classroom, and I just had a girl come over to Deanna and says, that's the scripture I needed tonight, because I was not thinking like you were thinking and teaching. And I said, I knew it as soon as you said it. And, and I thought many needed that scripture. And I'm thinking, how do we doubt God is going to do what he's given us the assignment to do. I've, we've heard a lot, of, a lot of emails after Thanksgiving. I know it was horrific when your spouse is not home, but you have a family of some sort. And if you don't have a family, you need to pray for a family that you can minister to. We need to think about others as what we're thinking about ourselves. But I want you to understand when God speaks to us, write it down. He doesn't speak to you just to speak to you. Do you forget what he said? And you keep doubting and questioning, why is it taking so long? I'm going to get right to the, to the nitty gritty. God has spoken to you. God has a plan, a purpose, and he wants you to stand in the gap for your husband and your family members and your future generations you are, are fighting for a legacy for your children and your grandchildren. We need to get worry, not worry about ourselves. We need to worry about our children and grandchildren, what they're going to be living with and in. And we want to say, I surrender all to your will, your way, and not my way. My way is very selfish. Could you do it my way? I don't want it any other way. But that's not what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to be a lighthouse with that lighthouse going around and around saying, where is the lost ones that I can help? The one at work that's going through marriage problems. Oh, she's not going to want to hear what I say. You're right, she doesn't want to, but you need to start praying for them that they're ready to be ready to receive what you have to say at the right time. And you will be the Dr. Gabriel that day, speaking and saying what Jesus would say. So he says, Zechariah, so here's this glorious angel, say he's heard your prayers. You would just love to hear that because some of you are telling me you don't think your, hair, your uh, prayers are going higher than the ceiling. Well, they may not be depending on your heart because if you're stuffing a lot of sin in your heart, he, he's wanting to get your attention that you need to change me first, as Deanne said. But Zechariah responded and said, how can I be sure of this? Would you believe you would say that to an angel that just came into the temple? How can I be sure of this? And he, the angel Gabriel, I just thought I'd tell you about that. I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. Did you forget I am old? And you know what? He said, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you the good news, and now you will be silent. I am so glad God has had a love, grace, and mercy, and grace for us now. 
because I think we would all be walking around with our lips zipped. <laughs> Permanently, possibly, but there would be a zipper that, you okay, you didn't say the right things today. You won't talk today. I know you don't get my sense of humor, but I know there's some things I should not have said to my husband many times, especially on the phone. If I would just learn to not butt in and, and ask him questions before he finishes his conversation, I should have waited and then, you know, because then we'd have a fight about you're not listening to me. Why don't you let me finish my story? You know, I mean, all of these things. So zip my lips. I, I got that because I didn't zip my lips through what I was supposed to be doing. So here is, here is Gabriel saying, I stand in the presence of God. I just pray, ask God, am I doing that right now? Am I doubting that you are really going to do this? Am I questioning your mighty power? Am I questioning that even though they may be getting married, they're in a non-covenant marriage, that you're not able to speak to them while in it? That's a lie. That's a lie from the enemy. Because God can do anything at any time and don't keep going around the mulberry bush of all the circumstances. Because the devil is doing that. The enemy is wanting you to think of all the negative, And the Lord is wanting you to have the joy of the Lord. He says in Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So we need to pray. And the God will give us a, a heart. I just forgot the last scripture. Say it out loud to me. Say it loud. And God will give us a heart, a peace that is beyond understanding to our heart and to our mind. And so what I want to go on now, because we need to examine our hearts tonight. We need to do a real heart examination. I'm glad we're meeting early in the month because you've got several weeks to get ready for Christmas and be ready to accept what God plans for you for Christmas. And you do not know if not on Christmas Eve, your husband will be told to come home or your wife or your child, or they may pop in on Christmas Day, or again, they may come over for the football game on New Year's Day. You don't know. And so you need to have the joy of the Lord and, the, and, and radiate Jesus Christ and not murmur to everybody else all what's happening and how bad it is. Those murmurs are like the Israelites. And, and guess what? They kept going around the mountain, around the mountain. How many times do you want to go around the mountain? So it says here, I have sent you to speak to you and tell you the good news, and now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens. Until the day this happens. Because you did not believe my words. Oh, wow, people. We could do a teaching on that. Do you believe what the Lord has said to you? 
in multiple ways by, by billboards, by, I told, somebody told me recently, they had a shirt that said, do not quit on their shirt. And they were walking to them and they were thinking of quitting and, the, and they had the shirt, right? So God sent them a message by a, t a, a sweatshirt or a t-shirt. You know what? God is speaking to you all the time. Are, what's your eyesight? Are you looking to see what God is wanting to say to you? So what we need to understand is God wants to speak to you morning, noon, and night. He's not just say, oh, I'm just going to give you one uh, scripture, or I'm only going to give you one encouragement. God wants to love you and hug you and make you happy as you grow throughout the day. God wants you to radiate Jesus Christ to, because you're in love with him. And that is what we've got to find out is do you believe Jesus loves you? I think of this, Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. Do you remember those songs? This little light of mine. Do you remember that song when your kids were in there in Sunday school? Because you did not believe my words. I, that's my burden, is we're not believing God's words of the promises he's given you in the past. You think it's too many years or too many months, too many days. And they didn't come up. They said they were coming to pick up your child, and then they canceled. There is nothing that upsets us and upset Bob is when the, when the father or grandfather said they would go and plan a trip, come and pick them up or do whatever, go to their football game, and they never show up. Now, I want to tell you, that's hard for kids. We need to pray for our kids to be protected. And that is my point. And, and I want you to understand that that is so important. So we need to pray for our kids not to be hurt, not to be disappointed, not to be abandoned, and that they're not the, they did not file for divorce. They're being, uh, we need to pray for that restoration of the hearts of the fathers to their children, hearts of the children to their fathers. That's what we must pray for. In Malachi 4, 6 is a scripture. But Elijah also, it says, will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. That is a promise we need to claim and stand on. And we need to pray that. Because we did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. At his proper time, we didn't, he did not know when that happened. So meanwhile, when the people came out, the short version is that they came out and he couldn't speak. So they knew that he had seen a vision or something had happened. But then he waited and lost his speech for nine months until Elizabeth, who got pregnant the next month and had a baby, got pregnant, and then, then Mary comes in. And Mary comes in, as we are told in the 20, verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent um, Gabriel to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to, married, to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled also at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But she is not doubting. She's listening. But the Lord said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. 
May we pray that we find favor with God. That's my prayer tonight for myself. I want to find favor with God. I want to do what God wants me to do. I don't want to have these thoughts of what I should do and then they just never happen. Is that what you have happen? So we think about all these things, but we never put them to action. So it says, do not be afraid, Mary, you found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Doesn't that sound like Isaiah 6 and 7 that I read this early, er, earlier, this more um, beginning of tonight's service? And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? How will this happen? Mary asked the angels, since I'm a virgin, since I'm almost 14, 15 years old, I've never been, a, been with a man. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be Carl, the Son of God. Even your um, Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she was said to be barren in her sixth. She was said to be barren is now in her sixth month. Verse 37, if you lost places. For nothing is impossible with God. There is a scripture to memorize tonight. For with God, nothing is impossible with God. What are you dealing with tonight? What is your most urgent prayer request tonight? Pray this scripture. Pray this scripture daily. And say, Lord, I, you know my circumstances. I don't even have to tell you. But Lord, I pray you would give me strength. Pray it meet my physical, my emotional, my spiritual, my financial needs. And the Lord will come through. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. And this is the secret. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you. Oh, I just skipped. I just grabbed a page. It wasn't supposed to be. And, um, and she left. But Mary was submissive to Gabriel. And and Zechariah was not. Which one are you tonight? Where are you spiritually? Are you hiding? Are you battling all these circumstances? I know some of you are ready to give up. I know so many of you have had such a rough holiday and, and are dreading Christmas. And that is why we are doing this tonight. We don't want you to dread Christmas. We want you to want to look forward to Christmas because it's Jesus' birthday. He is the one that is going to speak to your husband, your wife, your children's father or mother, and you want to radiate that you can offer to go help your wife, these are to the men, to help put up the Christmas lights. Help do any with the, well, I'm, I don't, she won't even talk to me. Well, go over or call and say, I'd like to be with the kids and I'd like to help you out. I know you've got a big job. Would you be willing to come over and 
and can I help you? No strings attached. I just like to be around. And take over some more things that you could do. Ask God what you're supposed to do. Because he will tell you. Wives, pick up the phone and say, would you like to come over with the kids and help put up the lights outside? Or would you like to buy the tree? Would you like to be any part of the, helping the kids get their Christmas ready? Offer. The most they can say is no. And if you never ask, there's, there's many that had them come for Thanksgiving dinner because they asked. So there are victories. There are breakthroughs. So I'm saying, ask the Lord what you should do and then say, okay, not my will. And I will, you know, make him the favorite chocolate chip cookies or oatmeal cookies or the ones with the peanut butter with the little Hershey chocolate. I know all the cookies, have you noticed? <laughs> what is your favorite? But I'm saying to you, get your house ready for Christmas. Get your kids to be excited for Christmas. This is most important. Let us not have the children think that dad was gone or mom was gone so we didn't celebrate Christmas. What would that do to your kids? They're going to remember it, and they're going to remember negatives of the holidays. And I don't want those kids growing up, and then when they get married, they hate Christmas because of the wounding they had when they were young. Will you rise to the occasion? Arise and stand up and say, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Is there other widowed or older people on your street that can't put any decorations out that, that you could be a lighthouse to? And women, even your kids who are 13, 14, or whatever, they can do and help them or could take banana bread to them and do it. Joseph found out she was pregnant. And all of that came, and I can't read the scriptures. You need to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all the stories and all the Bible, and read about it. Because the most important thing was, is Joseph was told by God, you were to marry her. You're not to touch her, but you're to marry her until after the baby's born. And then what happened, then and what happened was, is that in Matthew, they, the angels came and the, and the shepherds went and the angels came and told the shepherds to go, go to Bethlehem and see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So we need to understand that after that, they followed the star. There was a light so bright for the shepherds that they could travel morning, noon, and night and find where that star was over Bethlehem. Did you go see the moon the other night, the super moon? Okay, look at that light, how brilliant it was, how strong it was, how big, how close it was. Imagine the star of Bethlehem that could show and shine for the shepherds to be able to find the exact house where Jesus was laying 
in the stable, which is another story. We were, were they, he was the king of kings, but he was put in the stable because there was no room. So then the wise men, a year or two later, heard about this, and then they went and they followed the star, the star of Bethlehem. We need to follow the star of Bethlehem. The moon was beautiful, and it's going to come back two times in January. But we need to say, Lord, let me be the light, that I would radiate the light of Jesus to this dark world. We have an assignment right now, while we're praying for our husbands and wives to come home, to have Jesus, with our house, over our house, May we have the light shine on our house that they know that they could get help from us or at work, that they could come to our office door or wherever. They, the people, when I worked for me, they knew they could knock on my door and they could leave a note and say, I need to talk to you. And God was blessed me with doctors that respected me. They called me Mother Teresa. And they allowed me to shut that door and pray with their people that were having problems. You know what? Will you let your light shine? Will you let us know that Jesus, that star, he wanted everybody to go and see his son. God wanted the people to see. And we want you to be the lighthouse so that when your husband or wife start to come around, or hear about your house, or hear about what you've done to your house, or the cookies you made, or whatever, their mother-in-law, take them to your mother-in-law. Start taking them to the people that you feel that you've got this wall built up. Tell them, Merry Christmas, I love you anyway. And go to the people that need to have a special relationship with you. You can have it without your husband. I made a mess with my marriage with my in-laws, but you know what? I corrected it. And they saw my kids all the time. We lived right cattywampus, uh, the next street over, so they could run down to their grandpa and grandma's house, and they didn't have any bad things to say about me, hopefully, because I had no men coming into my house except their son. What are you going to do? We have a choice at this time. We've got time to think, time to pray, time to get some recipes out, time to make some new recipes. We need to be a lighthouse. Who needs, what, who? God has people assigned for you to make cookies, make banana bread, put up lights, put up strings on a house, do something. You may even have to buy a Christmas tree for somebody, a small one, but they'll at least have the money to do it. We, I want our Rejoice Ministries to radiate the love of Jesus out of us and that we're not bleeding to death, but we have the joy of the Lord because he is our strength. Does that make sense? We, we hurt, we pray, but God can heal our wounded hearts and then we can um, do that. Lord, we just praise you and thank you for tonight. We thank you for all that you're doing, all that you've done. Praise the Lord. We just thank you, Father, that you are going to start a process of marriage restoration, and we do not know when to expect. God, you're a God of miracles. You're a God of the suddenlies, as you were for Zachariah and Mary. And Mary was submissive and willing, 
and what a mighty woman she was. And she's still known. The, the shepherds are still known. The wise men came and gave gifts to Jesus. Oh, may we keep our eyes open that we celebrate Christmas for the real reason of Christmas. And may we be a lighthouse for all that we're going to do and say, Lord, I love you. We, we love you all. We thank you for your word. We thank you for, if you've not gotten a recent word from God, you really don't know what road you're on. May you uh, cry out to the Lord as, and, and get on your knees and just say, Lord, help me, show me, speak to me, guide me, direct me. I'm willing to do what you want me to do. I surrender. I will let go and let God. I want to do your will, your way, Father. And I will just give you all the praise. I'll give you all the glory, all the honor. And I pray this all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, now you all can sit down for just a minute. Hi there. Well, as we close tonight, I just want to do a couple of um, quick announcements and then we will dismiss. Um, first of all, we are in December. So does anybody have a birthday or anniversary in December? If you have a birthday in the month of December, will you just raise your hand? December birthdays, there's a lot all over. So happy birthday. Um, your gift on your way out tonight is you can pick up an item at the bookstore. So happy birthday to you. And who has anniversaries in December? Lots of Christmas weddings. Well, happy anniversary, and you can pick up a gift as well um, in the back. For the rest of you, you have to pay for the items in the back, but they're on discount at Rejoice Pompano. So everything in the bookstore that's back there is only $5 at Rejoice Pompano. And I want to let you know about a couple special things. Um, we have two Christmas books that were written by my dad. One is called Hack. And it's a fiction book, and it's a quick read, but it's phenomenal. So if you like to read fiction, this is back there. And another one is called The 12 Days of Thoughts on Being Alone Yet Loved During the Holidays. And he wrote this when he was in the, um, when he came home, but based on what he had experienced in the far country and being alone and going through the holidays alone. So those are both back there. We also have um, three CDs that are Christmas type CDs. The messages are geared towards the holidays. So if you need some extra encouragement, those are back there and everything's $5. And then we have a couple gifts for you. Some of you have already found the gift in front of you is just a special ornament and there's different ones all throughout the room. So if you hate yours, you can feel free to trade with another person. Um, but that's our gift to you. It's just something special to hang on your tree. And also we have another gift. It's the daily Bible reading calendar. Have any of you used this in the past? Okay, one person. Thank you, Beatrice. <laughs> okay, this is the... This is the daily, this is the daily, I'm sorry, we have a heckler. We're going to have to call security. <laughs> this is the daily Bible reading calendar. And what it is, so many times we have the goal to read through the Bible in a year. And you start in Genesis. And like in our staff devotions, we're going through Genesis right now. And boy, we've been in some names that you just can't even pronounce in the book of Genesis. And so this will take you through the Bible, but it takes you through not just Genesis through Revelation, but it takes you through an Old Testament um, chapter a day, a New Testament chapter a day of Proverbs. So it kind of breaks it up differently for you. And when you go through this in one year, you would have read through the whole Bible. So this is free for you guys. Everybody else has to pay for it, but because you're here and we love you, it's free. So that's also back at the bookstore um, for you to grab. And January's meeting is normally on the first Monday of the month, but that is New Year's Day. So we will be meeting January 8th. January 8th. Say it with me. 
January 8th. We will email you a reminder. How many of you are getting the email reminders? How many of you are opening the email reminders? Uh-huh. No. <laughs> so, okay, we'll remind you, but January 8th, we'll be meeting back here again, and we'll be looking forward to hearing all that the Lord did for you over the Christmas holidays. Well, if you're new tonight, we have some refreshments at the back of the room that you may not know about, so we invite you to stick around and fellowship. Um, Beverly and Deanne will be up at the front of the room, and my mom will be wandering around if you'd like somebody to pray with you, and um, get to know somebody else if you don't know someone else that's here. So let me close in prayer, and then we can enjoy some food. Lord, I thank you for tonight, God. I pray um, that everything that was said and done was a blessing to you and was music to your ears, God. I pray that you'd be with this time of fellowship now, and I just pray that you would be glorified through it. Bless this food to our bodies, and I thank you for those that have prepared it, made it possible for us. In your name, amen. All right, have a good Christmas. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.